Chapter Three of the Four Million. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Four Million by O. Henry. Chapter Three A Cosmopolite in a Cafe. At midnight the café was crowded. By some chance the little table at which I sat had escaped the eye of incomers, and two vacant chairs at it extended their arms with venal hospitality to the influx of patrons. And then a cosmopolite sat in one of them, and I was glad, for I held a theory that since Adam no true citizen of the world has existed. We hear of them, and we see foreign labels on much luggage, but we find travellers instead of cosmopolites. I invoke your consideration of the scene. The marble-topped tables, the range of leather-upholstered wall-seats, the gay company, the ladies dressed in demi-state toilets, speaking in an exquisite visible chorus of taste, economy, opulence, or art the sedulous and largest loving garcons the music wisely catering to all with its raids upon the composers the melange of talk and laughter and if you will the wurzburger in the tall glass cones that bend to your lips as a ripe cherry sways on its branch to the beak of a robber jay i was told by a sculptor from Mont chunk that the scene was truly parisian my cosmopolite was named E. Rushmore Coglan, and he will be heard from next summer at Coney Island. He is to establish a new attraction there, he informed me, offering kingly diversion. And then his conversation rang along parallels of latitude and longitude. He took the great round world in his hand, so to speak, familiarly, contemptuously, and it seemed no larger than the seed of a maraschino cherry and a table de haute grapefruit he spoke disrespectfully of the equator he skipped from continent to continent he derided the zones he mopped up the high seas with his napkin with a wave of his hand he would speak of a certain bazaar in hyderabad whiff he would have you on skis in lapland zip now you rode the breakers with the kanakas akila kahiki presto he dragged you through an arkansas post-oak swamp let you dry for a moment on the alkali plains of his idaho ranch then whirled you into the society of viennese archdukes anon he'd be telling you of a cold he acquired in the chicago lake breeze and how old escamilla cured it in buenos aires with a hot infusion of the chuchula weed you would have addressed a letter to e rushmore coglan esq the earth solar system the universe and have mailed it feeling confident that it would be delivered to him i was sure that i had found at last the one true cosmopolite since adam and i listened to his world-wide discourse fearful lest i should discover in it the local note of the mere globe-trotter but his opinions never fluttered or drooped he was as impartial to cities countries and continents as the winds or gravitation and as e rushmore coglan prattled of this little planet i thought with glee of a great almost cosmopolite who wrote for the whole world and dedicated himself to bombay in a poem he has to say that there is pride and rivalry between the cities of the earth and that the men that breed from them they traffic up and down but cling to their cities hem as a child to the mother's gown and whenever they walk by roaring streets unknown they remember their native city most faithful foolish fond making her mere breath name 
their bonds upon their bonds and my glee was roused because i had thought mr kimpling napping here i had found a man not made from dust one who had no narrow boasts of birthplace or country one who if he bragged at all would brag of his whole round globe against the martians and the inhabitants of the moon expression on these subjects was precipitated from e rushmore coglan by the third corner to our table while coglan was describing to me the topography along the siberian railway the orchestra glided into a medley the concluding air was dixie and as the exhilarating notes tumbled forth they were almost overpowered by a great clapping of hands from almost every table it is worth a paragraph to say that this remarkable scene can be witnessed every evening in numerous cafes in the city of new york tons of brew have been consumed over theories to account for it some have conjectured hastily that all southerners in town hie themselves to cafes at nightfall this applause of the rebel air in a northern city does puzzle a little but it is not insolvable the war with spain many years generous mint and watermelon crops a few long-shot winners at the new orleans race-track and the brilliant banquets given by the indiana and kansas citizens who compose the north carolina society have made the south rather a fad in manhattan your manicure will list softly that your left forefinger reminds her so much of a gentleman's in richmond virginia oh certainly but many a lady has to work now the war you know when dixie was being played a dark-haired young man sprang up from somewhere with a mosby gorilla yell and waved frantically his soft-brimmed hat then he strayed through the smoke dropped into the vacant chair at our table and pulled out cigarettes the evening was at the period when reserve is thawed one of us mentioned three wurzburgers to the waiter the dark-haired young man acknowledged his inclusion in the order by a smile and a nod i hastened to ask him a question because i wanted to try out a theory i had would you mind telling me i began whether you are from the fist of e rushmore coglan banged the table and i was jarred into silence excuse me said he but that's a question i never like to hear asked what does it matter where a man is from is it fair to judge a man by his post office address why i have seen kentuckians who hated whiskey virginians who weren't descended from pocahontas indianians who hadn't written a novel mexicans who didn't wear velvet trousers with silver dollars sewed along the seams funny englishmen spendthrift yankees cold-blooded southerners narrow-minded westerners and new yorkers who were too busy to stop for an hour on the street to watch a one-armed grocer's clerk do up cranberries in paper bags let a man be a man and don't handicap him with the label of any section pardon me i said but my curiosity was not altogether an idle one i know the south and when the band plays dixie i like to observe i have formed the belief that the man who applauds that air with special violence and ostensible sectional loyalty is invariably a native of either secaucus new jersey or the district between murray hill lyceum and the harlem river this city i was about to put my opinion to the test by inquiring of this gentleman when you interrupted with your own larger theory i must confess and now the dark-haired young man spoke to me and it became evident that his mind also moved along its own set of grooves i should like to be a periwinkle said he mysteriously on the top of a valley and sing to ralu ralu this was clearly too obscure so i turned again to coglan i've been around the world twelve times said he i know an eskimo in 
Upernavik, who sends to Cincinnati for his neckties, and I saw a goat herder in Uruguay who won a prize in a Battle Creek breakfast food puzzle competition. I pay rent on a room in Cairo, Egypt, and another in Yokohama, all the year round. I've got slippers waiting for me in a tea house in Shanghai, and I don't have to tell them how to cook my eggs in Rio de Janeiro or Seattle. It's a mighty little old world. What's the use of bragging about being from the North or the South or the old manor house in the Dale or Euclid Avenue, Cleveland or Pikes Peak or Fairfax County, Virginia or Hooligan's Flats or any place? It'll be a better world when we quit being fools about some mildewed town or ten acres of swampland just because we happen to be born there. "'You seem to be a genuine cosmopolite,' I said admiringly. "'But it also seems that you would decry patriotism.' "'A relic of the Stone Age,' declared Coglin warmly. "'We are all brothers, Chinamen, Englishmen, Zulus, Patagonians, "'and the people in the bend of the Kaw River. "'Some day all this petty pride in one city or state or section or country "'will be wiped out, and we'll all be citizens of the world, as we ought to be.' but while you are wandering in foreign lands i persisted do not your thoughts revert to some spot some dear and nary a spot interrupted e r coglin flippantly the terrestrial globular planetary hunk of matter slightly flattened at the poles and known as the earth is my abode i've met a good many object-bound citizens of this country abroad i've seen men from chicago sit in a gondola in venice on a moonlight night and brag about their drainage canal i've seen a southerner on being introduced to the king of england hand that monarch without batting his eyes the information that his grand-aunt on his mother's side was related by marriage to the perkinses of charleston i knew a new yorker who was kidnapped for ransom by some afghanistan bandits his people sent over the money and he came back to kabul with the agent afghanistan the native said to him through an interpreter well not so slow do you think Oh, I don't know, says he, and he begins to tell them about a cab driver at 6th Avenue and Broadway. Those ideas don't suit me. I'm not tied down to anything that isn't 8,000 miles in diameter. Just put me down as E. Rushmore Coglin, citizen of the terrestrial sphere. My cosmopolite made a large adieu and left me, for he thought he saw someone through the chatter and smoke whom he knew so i was left with the would-be periwinkle who was reduced to wurzburger without further ability to voice his aspirations to perch melodiously upon the summit of a valley i sat reflecting upon my evident cosmopolite and wondering how the poet had managed to miss him he was my discovery and i believed in him how was it the men that breed from them they traffic up and down but cling to their cities hem as a child to the mother's gown not so e rushmore coglin with the whole world for his my meditations were interrupted by a tremendous noise and conflict in another part of the cafe i saw above the heads of the seated patrons e rushmore coglin and a stranger to me engaged in terrific battle they fought between the tables like titans and glasses crashed and men caught their hats up and were knocked down and a brunette screamed and a blonde began to sing teasing my cosmopolite was sustaining the pride and reputation of the earth when the waiters closed in on both combatants with their famous flying wedge formation and bore them outside still resisting i called mccarthy one of the french garcons and asked him the cause of the conflict the man with the red tie that was my cosmopolite said he got hot on account of things said about the bum sidewalks and water supply of the place he come from by the other guy 
Why, said I bewildered, that man is a citizen of the world, a cosmopolite, he, originally from Mattawamkeage, Maine, he said, continued McCarthy, and he wouldn't stand for no knock in the place. End of chapter 3